0: welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jeff. Joining me, as always, from uh, the Pacific Northwest is my other co-host, Mark A. Johnston. Mark, welcome to the show. How you doing, my friend?
1: Hey, man, it's great to be here. It's something to do. We're on a four-week lockdown, so, um, you know, aside from shining all my pairs of shoes, I've got nothing better to do than to do, uh, we should do a show every day.
0: Well, some of us have work. We, we've got to do that. What? But yeah, we, you know, we could. We could. It is the holiday season, though. So maybe we want to take a little <laughs> bit of time to uh, to, to take right. a little time off. But
1: I was just getting overly excited, man. Sorry.
0: Well, let's uh, why don't we instead, while we while we do have this time together, why don't we talk some baseball history? Sound like a good time? Right.
1: Yeah, I can. I can. I got a little bit of that knowledge. Let's do it.
0: All right. Well, just a reminder, coming up today, we have got the second part of our conversation with former New York Yankee, 1962 World Series MVP, Ralph Terry. Let me tell you, he has got some great stories he tells us. He is going to tell us a story about three of the biggest names in the history of baseball that he spoke to during a game. And it's it's a great story. And It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, to to say you had a conversation with these guys is something. So stick around for that. You'll hear that. Some of the we talked to Ralph about some of the biggest names he faced, like Ted Williams, Willie Mays, like really, you know, Hank Aaron, these big names of the game and how he fared against them. And we will also hear from Ralph how he affected careers of some very well-known pitchers. He was not just a pitcher. He liked to like to pass on his knowledge, and also a, a little Nolan Ryan tidbit in there because they were That's teammates. Right. Believe it or not,
1: they were way back when.
0: Yeah, but uh, if you missed last week, please go back and listen to last week too. He has got some just great stories from some huge games. And uh, he, he really walks us through a lot of games that were very interesting. But before we get on to our second part with Ralph Terry, let us first go through some batting practice and get warmed up. Mark, I got some things for you to talk about today. All right. Uh, let's first talk about what the world calls football, but we Americans like to call soccer because that's what we I've do. heard of it. Did you see that Ken Griffey Jr. is now a partial owner of the Seattle Sounders football club?
1: Oh, he must have needed a tax write off. Good for him. That's great.
0: Yeah. So he is now partners with Sierra. I love this story I read. It says Sierra and husband, Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson. I like that that she comes first because I'm definitely not a Russell Wilson fan but they are part uh, Sierra and Russell Wilson though also involved in that Portland MLB group trying to bring a team to Portland uh, a major league baseball team to Portland also co-owner of the Seattle Sounders is Macklemore, the singer
1: oh really I didn't even know that
0: yeah so a bunch of I guess Russell Wilson can't be called He's not a local guy, but he plays for the local team. The other the others are more established in that community. But I remember Drew Carey used to be a part owner of the Sounders. I don't know if he's still. Yeah. He didn't mention him, but.
1: Yeah, I th- I think he still is, actually. How many owners do they have? Like 75? Maybe I can get a chunk.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just like baseball. You've got the majority owner, and then you've got a bunch of guys that have just a little little slice of the pie. Uh, Let's talk a little baseball reference. So, Obviously we use we reference baseball reference quite a bit here. I mean it is I think any real baseball fan really goes on baseball reference several times a week. I go on several times Absolutely. a day. Because it's there's always something that comes up. I'm like, "What what was that guy's name? What did he do? Who was this?" And then of course, getting ready for the show, well we've talked about a great entry in baseball reference for Paul O'Neill. And of course, he had that famous play in right field when he was playing for the Reds where he kicked the ball after bobbling it into the infield. And they've actually got on his baseball reference page, you know, kicks, you know, left foot. Well,
1: did you it, just in case you needed to know. Just in case, yeah.
0: So another oddity here in baseball reference: Keith Hernandez's mustache has his own page. Its own page. <laughs>
1: Well, I think that's obvious then in Wax Pack Zero is Keith gets two points for that mustache each time.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, I think so. This page is hilarious, though. It says Keith Hernandez mustache. Nickname, Little Max, as opposed to Big <laughs> Max. <laughs> Width is five inches. Weight is half, uh, no, 0.05 pounds for, for the weight. I don't know how they weighed that exactly. I think it weighs more than yeah. that. But uh, this page, I don't remember, do you, in baseball reference, you used to be able to sponsor player pages. Like, I sponsored I, I sponsored Ricky Henderson's page for a short while. I could only, no couldn't spend a whole lot of money to, to sponsor a page on the internet for that long, but I did it for a little bit. Well, Gillette Fusion sponsors the Keith Hernandez mustache page. Makes sense. That makes sense. Now, they've got stats here, like, for for only four years, though. They've got stats from 86 through 89, and these are not Keith Hernandez's stats, so I'm not exactly sure how they came up with this or what's going on here, but there are batting stats for his mustache. There is also an all-time rank among baseball mustaches. Who do you think is the number one all-time baseball mustache?
1: She's, uh Raleigh Fingers, I would guess.
0: Very good. Raleigh Fingers, number one. Number two is shooter Rod Beck. Oh, sure.
1: Yeah, he had a monster.
0: Yeah, he had he had, a, he had that man Manchu going yeah. a lot of the time. Number three is Wade Boggs. I think that's a little high. I mean, there was always a little bit of chicken in there. He never really cleaned that well. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has a nice mustache and all, but it, it doesn't compare to the top
0: two. Yeah, no. And then number four was, was Keith. Number five was Oscar Gamble, who is probably more well known for the the hair on top oh. of his head than above his lip, best head of hair in baseball. And then, and then number six was Mike Schmidt. So I think right here, I don't know why it stops at six. Usually you have, you have like a, a ten top ten list. <laughs> top six, top six. <laughs> I think right here what this tells us. I, I think you you hit the nail right on the head. Any of these guys show up in Wax Packs Heroes, it's a it's a two point advantage for that mustache right off yeah absolutely so let's let's fall
1: reference says so then yeah it's 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 true
0: all right so Raleigh Rodbeck Wade Boggs Keith Hernandez Oscar Gamble and Mike Schmidt you automatically get two cents
1: there you
0: go all right uh next thing I had was most career hit by pitches this was interesting to me for me, I when I hear hit by pitch, I just think Don Baylor, and so I automatically right. thought he was the the all time leader. But the, he is not actually number second. four. No, he's number four. Oh, he's fourth. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, do you have any idea who the number one guy is? I think it's Craig Biggio. He's number two. Oh, uh, okay. He came up too short. <laughs> like Craig, just oh, stick around for a couple more. Just. Come back, like just lean into it, man. Just come back for the next season and just take a couple, just
1: lean into it. Yeah, there you go.
0: He was too short of Hugh Jennings. Hugh Jennings, Hugh Jennings. Wow. So, Hugh Jennings retired in 1918, which is weird because he started in 1891, played straight through to 1903, then he didn't play till 1907. Then he took a little break, played in 1909 and 1910. Then he took a year off, played in 1912, and then, then at the age of 49, he came back in 1918 to, <laughs> to play in one game where he didn't get a plate appearance and was not hit by a pitch. Oh man! So the, I, that's, that's funny. Yeah, I don't know what's going. His nickname was e like, and I'm <laughs> guessing, I'm guessing that's like Iya. That hurts. <laughs> Eeyah. Yeah. That's weird. I have a cousin named (laughs) E. You know a lot of weird people. Uh, I know. From 1894 through 1898, these are his hit-by-pitch totals. 27, 32, 51, 46, 46. (laughs) Now, I don't think they were really... You know, I don't think Nolan Ryan was on the mat I don't think Big Train was Was really headhunting at this point sure. So it probably didn't hurt that much But that is a lot of hit-by-pitches
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's, a, that's a large number
0: <laughs> But 287 wow. Two more than Craig Biggio Ended up with <laughs> Which I just thought those hit totals were hilarious That you are <laughs> In a three-year period You're getting hit 150 times He must have stood right on the plate.
1: (laughs) Yeah, or else he made everybody angry. I don't know. It could have been both.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And I I don't think there was a different rule. Like, I think still, if the ball hit you on the pitch, you're taking the base. But what this did lead me to is this led me to a rabbit hole. A big Craig Biggio fan that used to keep a blog. It's no longer being up. Well, it is being updated, but it's no longer just about Craig Biggio, where he would update day by day stats about Craig Biggio getting hit. (laughs) what kind of statue ask there is it's hit by pitch this is this is the kind of stuff he did throughout baseball history the batter that was hit most who had the chinese zodiac sign of the dragon that would be brady anderson 154 Uh, let's see i am the rat that is my sign in the chinese zodiac and uh, carlos delgado is the leader there with 157? This is a weird stat, man. <laughs> this is this is a real weird stat. Uh, just through regular astrological signs, what are you? I'm not really good at this. I think I'm an Aquarius. An Aquarius. So Kurt Welch, who I am not familiar <laughs> with, but he has 173. Yeah. I am a Libra. Fred Clark has 153 to lead the uh, Libras. I, th- I mean, this guy does some research. I will, I will throw yeah, this. I'll throw this link in the show notes. You can look through it. Now it's it's kind of a generic hit by pitch fan. He's like standing hit by pitches in this blog. But if that's your thing, that's your thing. So I don't know. Yeah. You know what that sounds like to me, frankly? It sounds like a future guest is.
1: What it probably <laughs> that's sounds. a good point. That's not a bad idea.
0: <laughs> All right. And I did want to mention one other thing before we get into our trivia. Former guest Richie Schaefer, remember him uh, mainly from Tampa Bay, not Tampa, Tampa Bay. And, and we had him on, boy, it was quite a while ago, a couple of months ago. But he mentioned that he loved to write and he was writing a book. That book came out last week. It is called The Eight of Earth. It is available on Amazon. I will again throw some show notes, throw the link in the show notes. But that is available, and uh, congratulations to Richie. I am going to totally get this book. I've I read a little uh, snippet of it. It really sounds uh, really sounds cool. It's a sci-fi book. All right, so Mark, let's get into trivia here. had a Had a good response to this trivia question, people. I think listeners like this. You know, who has the most hits playing on teams X, Y, and Z? Sure. So last week we mentioned that the state of Florida swept. The Manager of the Year Award, Don Mattingly for the Marlins, Kevin Cash of the Rays. So uh, the question was, who has the most hits combined playing for both the Marlins and the Rays? And we got a couple of listeners. Well, we had all we had quite a few listeners come in with answers. We had a couple come in with the right answers. We had uh, one of our one of our big fans, Chris, came in with the right answer. We had David as well, and I did not. Uh, I'm going to make somebody upset that I've forgotten. I know we had three listers, I should say. and I, well, I, It wasn't me, man. It was not you. <laughs> uh, so, the I mean, did you have any any guess?
1: I really don't. Can you name I, me a player that's played more. for
0: both teams?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to think of. My mind is racing. <laughs> Who's only played in Florida? And I'm, not,
0: I'm drawing blanks, man, left and right. So, the answer is Jorge to. Remember him? Yeah. Yeah. He played for the Rays for four years, and he played for the Marlins for three years. He had 779 combined hits between those two teams. Well, there you go. Jorge Cantu. I didn't write it down. I thought I did, but I think Cliff Floyd came in second. And that was, uh, we got a couple of people wrote in with Cliff Floyd. But, uh, Floyd played for the Rays for only one year. And Florida for six, but that one yeah. year in Tampa wasn't enough. But he came in second. So, yeah. there you go. All right, I got a question. Very interesting. Got a question for you for next week. Who's the most yes. famous Yankee to wear number three? <laughs> Is that the question? That that's not that's not the question. That's the beginning of oh. the question. <laughs> uh, That would be Babe Ruth. There you go. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, I
1: got this one. I got this
0: one. (laughs) All right. Well, you know, the Yankees retire a lot of numbers, uh, as do a lot of teams. We've we've discussed the Yankees are going to run out pretty soon. Who was the last Yankee to wear number three? Hmm. Because
1: I'll tell you this, it wasn't Babe Ruth. Yeah.
0: Because they were not retiring numbers at that point.
1: That's a good question. I think I'll take a week to think about it. You
0: do that. And by the way, <laughs> everybody, if you want to go all the way back in our archives to show number one, show number one was only about jersey numbers. There's no clue yeah. there that's going to give you this answer because I've never even heard of this guy. But, you know, it was I, that was a great topic. I, that's why we did it for the very first show. But Yeah. So there he is. The last Yankee to wear number three. Let us know what you think and uh, we'll tell you the answer next week. But uh, let us now jump right back into the second part of our conversation with uh, former New York Yankee, Ralph Terry. Some great conversation last week. We touched briefly on the, the 1960 World Series And, uh, of course, he gave up the walk-off home run to Bill Mazeroski. We didn't want to dwell on that. We wanted to talk about 62 when he was named uh, World Series MVP against the San Francisco Giants in that great, great, great Game 7 performance. And he told us some really great stories. There are more coming, and let's just jump right into it. And please enjoy part two of our conversation with Ralph Terry. I've heard a story. I've heard you tell it. I saw I saw a video of it, and I and I read it. And I'd love I'd love it if you could share with us um, uh, the story when you were uh, you were young. You hadn't made the major leagues yet, and there was an old timer's game that uh, you were allowed to sit on a bench with, and you talked to some uh, talk. You introduced yourself to some individuals that uh, I think probably everybody has heard of.
2: I was uh, I was playing for Binghamton in the Eastern league. And, uh, then we had an off day and the Yankees are playing Cincinnati and a, uh, and a, uh, in a benefit game exhibition game in Cooperstown to raise money for the hall of fame. Was, uh, annually, they do that. Two big league teams would play there. And we played Abner double field. And, then uh, an off day. is about an hour's ride from Bingham life. I went over to, I'd been in spring training with the Yankees and, uh, and so I get down by the third base dugout and uh, Jim Turner, the pitching coach said to the guard there, he said, let that kid in. He can sit on the bench. It's an exhibition game. It's not a regular league game. And he said, sit down at the end of those three old timers, Ralph. And uh, so I, I, I get down to the end and uh, there are two in, a, two in a corner on my left and one on my right. I'm in the, two on the left were talking hitting. And I knew there was somebody. I didn't know who, you know, i off a farm in Oklahoma. <laughs> anyway, the guy on my <laughs> right, he had a he had a cane and he had a big looked like a World Series ring or something on. It. He was an old timer. Well, uh, he would not say anything. We're sitting there, and, and I said, well, the second inning, I thought, well, you know, uh, I'm a I'm a baseball player, pro. You know how to say oh, say hello, you know. And I, I turned and I said, Ralph Ralph Terry's my name. I'm a pitcher, Binghamton, Class A." And he said, well, hi, Ralph, Cy Young's my name. <laughs> <laughs> he said, shake hands with Ty Cobb and uh, and Zach Wheat, who was an old, they were right. inducted Wheat that year. And I shake hands with the greatest pitcher of all time, the greatest player, Ty Cobb and and, and Cy Young and Zach Wheat. And, uh, and they talked hitting the whole game or two. <laughs> Cy and I, yeah, you know, we took hunting and fishing and, and a uh, little pitching and they called the game after seven innings, it was the highest scoring game and, um, uh, double day field, they had like 10,000 people there at a little park and they had bleachers built in the outfield built in. And, and it was like about 250 feet to the bleachers, high oh, wow. ball went in there. They got an automatic double. But anyway, it was, uh, but when the game was over, uh, Cy and Ty, they said, well, Ralph, have a good year, you know? And nice to meet you. There could have been nicer. That
0: is, <laughs> I I've got to imagine that that's going to be a highlight of your of your career, being able to yeah. to just sit there, let alone talk to talk to some guys like that that are just yeah.
2: You know, I was I was proud in '62 and I won uh, 23 games and saved a couple, and then the MVP to a series. And 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 the the Cy Young went to Drysdale that year, and they only gave one. But a few years later, the commissioner said, "Well, they're they're playing against different, entirely different leagues, you know." I mean, so there has to be one in each league. And uh, I was retroactively named the Cy Young winner of the of the American League years later. I was uh, quite proud of that.
0: Oh, that's cool! I did not know that. That's that's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You won 23 games that year. That's uh, And one thing I do want our listeners to hear is that uh, at 62, you actually tossed 298 and two-thirds innings, something you, you would know, never and, see. Uh,
2: 23 wins, and saved two and relief, and middle league and Star start, innings pitched. You know, and that was uh, quite a year. Uh, your arm
1: somehow withstood that because... In '63, you threw 18 complete games. I was talking to Jeff a little bit about how mm. rare it is just to see one complete game. To 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 throw 18 complete games in one season is just pretty impressive. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah. In '61, I was uh, 16 and three. I missed mean, six weeks with a sore shoulder early in the, early mm. in the year, and that's when they really hit good. I in six weeks, I still had 16 and three. Whitey was. Whitey was 25, uh, twenty five or twenty twenty five or twenty-five and four, I think. And I was sixteen and three and Louis Arroyo was fifteen and five. We were one, two, three and one loss percentage. With wow with over fifteen decisions. And uh um, yeah, we had and Bill Stafford was second in our run average. He had we had we had a pretty good and Louis Arroyo was a great relief pitcher. And uh, he really, he should have been the pitcher of the year. That when He was 15 and five, and he had about, I think he had 29 saves, but you had to face the winning or tying run. And a lot of times they'd bring him in uh, in the seventh inning, and he pitched three innings, and, you know, hmm. and get a save. Now they're just, they bring him in. they got the setup guys, and they bring in the closer, and, you know, one inning, that's about it. But uh, Louie had a screwball. He was, he was a great relief pitcher. He, he saved two games for me that year. Because <laughs> I, follow, I followed Whitey in a lineup, and he saved about 15 for Whitey. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but they give him a day's rest, and you know, they couldn't use him every day like they do nowadays. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's the one reason I've had as many complete games. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Looking on uh, on baseball reference, they've got uh, something called the Pivotal Play Finder. And it it lists for everybody that's ever played the most important plays that they were involved with in their career. And I think you have the two highest play percentage in in facing Bill Mazeroski in 60 and then Willie McCovey in 62. What, you know, beyond those two and, and some of the things that we've talked about also, what would you say is your biggest, uh, your most memorable Moment playing the game.
2: Well, it did have to be the uh, seventh, seventh game against the Giants. I um, mean, it was the best game I ever pitched. And, uh, and I tell you, when the, the Yankees traded me in in '65 to Cleveland, and uh, uh, they came into Cleveland, and I pitched against Whitey Ford and shut him out three to nothing on 70 pitches. <laughs> It's, it's wow. the fewest, pitch, fewest pitches <laughs> in modern day history for a nine inning uh, game. Jeez. So, seventy pitches. Yeah, there was the uh, fewest pitches. Uh, it would have been sixty nine, but the first baseman dropped a pop foul right outside of first, uh, and uh, wow. the next pitch he popped it up in the same place, and and they caught it. Wow. And anyway, that was uh, I kind of remember that. And beating the, and beating the Yankees too after they got rid of me, you know and uh,
0: right. <laughs> so you had that great pitch game in 1965. You also hit your one. You had a you had a home run in your career, and you hit it that year. Do you remember hitting that?
2: That was against the White Sox. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh,
0: it was Joe Horland.
2: Yeah, Joe Horlan. Yeah, Joe was uh, threw me a high slider, and I fouled one, fouled back, and he come back and threw. Me. Same a high slider, and I hit it, hit it, and halfway up the bleacher in the left center, and they says as long as, someone says as long as longest home run they have seen a pitcher hit. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So I was, I was around in a second. I thought it'd be a double, I never dreamed of. It. Oh, and then I, I looked up, and the, and the, and the say so the crowd yelled you know, in the left center, and catch it. Uh, the uh, and the umpire Hanicik was on the base umpire. He he looked at me and his finger and gave me the circle run, you know, like oh. <laughs> So so I went. In my, so I come in. And I jumped in a dugout and everybody gave me the silent treatment. You know, was, come on, let's go. And I, I was like, nothing no, no. <laughs> happened. And then they started laughing. <laughs> <There we go. laughs>
0: That's great. We love the silent treatment. I didn't realize that it had been around, <laughs> Been around, you know, so long. That's great. <laughs> did you get that ball by any chance? Did, did they retrieve no, balls no, like that? No, 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 huh? no. I got <laughs>
1: Because Jeff so rudely brought up uh, Rocky Colavito, um, <laughs> I was gonna ask or kind of point out a few guys that you had uh, quite a good career against. That are some pretty big names. Brooks Robinson only hit a buck sixty nine off you. Um, Mini Minoso only at two hundred. You got you got Maris and Mantle pretty well too. Um, yeah. They were a to- total of nine for fifty two against you, and you you did you were quite good against Harmon Killebrew. We only hit two hundred eight. Uh, yeah, it's like you stood up and faced the. You were even better when you when you faced the better players.
2: Well, that's uh, and I got uh, Willie Mays uh, one one for eleven in the World Series. Oh wow, that was a good one. Good guy to get out. <laughs> wow, no <laughs> doubt. Wow, I miss that.
0: Was Calavito the guy that you you like to see least, or, or was there even somebody that? That was beyond Rocky. That you just felt you could never, you could never get the uh, well, better
2: of. Rocky was tough, and uh, uh, Boog Powell was tough. I thought so. Hmm. You know, we used to, you know, oh well. Ted Williams was tough. You know, early on, of course. First year I faced him, he got seven for ten, off by me, oh, and well. that was and that was fifty-seven, and then I then you know, I started getting him out course, he was.
0: uh here. Yeah, you faced him in that first inning of your very first game. <laughs> you you yeah. can imagine how that goes. You're you're, you're thrown into yeah, the major uh, your first major league game, and here comes Ted Williams.
2: Yeah, I watched him on four pitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were all low outside, you know. And then, uh, and then uh, the next time he come up, I he got a he got a, I, I got a couple strikes, and I threw him a curve. I had a pretty good curveball, you know. And I, it in there about knee high and whack he hit it i knew it went over my head i looked and it hit the it hit the concrete wall in center field and pinway so hard it ricocheted back to mantle and then in one motion he took it and held him to a single <laughs> it, it was 400 foot single is the longest single i ever saw a hit in all the only years i've played ball i mean that ball was, was a dry one. hit and uh I never saw it. it whack! I it went over my head. I mean, they just kill me if it hit me. But uh, it was—it it was something. Then uh, I just pitched. He only hit one home run off of me. I was always, always pitching low and outside, low and outside. You know, one time we we're playing in Boston, and uh, and he got a lot of a lot of base hits. You know, but no home runs. And one time we're, we're playing him, and and uh, and they got a they got a man on Williams, uh, Billy Martin's playing third. Kansas City and uh, and, around the and he comes right out there and he said you've been pitching this old, this old guy uh, outside all the time he's 40 years old, pitch him inside you, you got a good <laughs> fastball you know, so Irvin Norton is playing first and he wasn't a first baseman he's an outfielder and he's holding the guy on and I throw Williams inside I'm thinking of, and he hits a bullet right at <laughs> top <right at>, spin <laughs> and, and he and he put his glove down and it embedded in a glove, and it tore the glove off his hand, you know. Oh. And he picked the glove oh, and the ball wow. up, and goes over and touches first. He's out in front of the man, It's don't pitch that big guy inside, and I'm holding the man on here, kill somebody, you know. I'm not a 1st baseman." you know.
0: <laughs> Great idea, Martin.
2: <laughs>
0: you <Yeah. laughs> yeah. uh, Did you, so you finished up your career in New York, but with the Mets, and yeah. uh, the, you, had some, you had some teammates on those teams. I don't know how much you, you got to interact with them, but you had a rookie, Nolan Ryan, and then Tom Seaver. Did you get to impart any wisdom on, you know, on them in, in their young careers?
2: No, I didn't. I didn't uh, they didn't want anybody talking to Nolan Ryan or Tom Seaver. Because, <laughs> I mean, they threw it underline there, and they could throw it through a brick wall. I mean, they didn't want anybody messing with them. But I'll I, I tell you I did help was uh, uh, Jerry Kuzman. He, he, was, he was a young left-hander, and nobody had heard of him. He, he was well, young. He, he was 24, I think, and he'd come up. And uh, and I remember they asked me in spring training to name somebody to make the ball club and hadn't heard of it Sports I, I said, who's Jerry Kuzman? You know, this guy, he never heard of and done anything, but his ball really moves. You know, he's really got a tail on his fastball. Was, this guy, this guy's going to be a good one. And I, I helped him quite a bit with he claims I'm the guy that taught him how to pitch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kuzma and Seaver were a pretty good combination. And, uh, the, uh, the other pitcher I helped was, uh, Tug McGraw. I mm-hmm. taught him how to throw the, throw the screwball. Uh, you know, one day, um, we were, uh, we were playing golf, and he said, I trouble uh, the big right hander. He said, I got, I got a big curveball and a good, pretty good overhand fastball. It wasn't overpowering. He called it uh, Peggy Lee. <laughs> is that all there is? You know, she <laughs> this song. <laughs> and uh, he said, I took the big curveball as a big downer, and it come over to play to be a strike. It's not, I'd say, it's too high, you know, but. Well, if it come over knee high, the catcher catches around the ankle. It's too low. He didn't get many strikes called on it because it was a big breaker, you know. And he and said, Now I'm, I'm get behind on a count, you know, ball two, ball three. Now I got to come in there. And now pretty soon one of those big right-handers catches a hold of one and I'm beat. And he, what do you think? I said, Well, you need another pitch. I said, Let's go out to the ballpark. This is in spring training. And I uh, would go out early in the morning for everybody to get a catcher. And I'll show you how to throw his pitch, a screwball. And uh, that doesn't put any strain on your elbow. So we get Jerry Grody, to go out and show him. And i tell you, he literally, literally learned that pitch in 15 minutes. And he had it. Wow. I showed him a special grip on it and uh, how to throw it. And his overhand. When you throw a ball overhand, you look for a ball, a fastball to rise or level up and your curveball to go down. But now... Uh, and your side armor, the ball you know, sweep or tail in, or out. And but when you can make it, make it go sideways from overhand delivery, you got deception. You're something different. So mm. I said, that's it. That's the action you're looking for. Use it. That'll get them out. He started using it, and he's getting them out. And they're really, uh, the uh, the pitching coach, uh, the sheriff. He says, uh, what's that pitch? He said. Uh, oh uh, well, that's a screwball ralph showed me you know I said, oh christ you know <laughs> you know i'm an older pitcher he'll think i'm a rival you know sheriff what well, he was an ex-catcher you know anyway and uh he said don't use that that'll that'll hurt your arm and uh tug was tug was 24 25 he'd been around a little bit you know and he He'd beaten uh, uh, Sandy Kopax for the Dodgers. I think the only time they ever beat him, the Mets expected team. Anyway, they kept him around. But anyway, he, he couldn't use it. And they came well, down to um, Richmond and AAA under order not to throw the screwball. And he lost about five games, and they are about to release him from baseball. So he made a decision to use a screwball. He wins five in a row. They got him right back up to the Mets. The Mets were a lousy last-place team, you know. And they come in, we're playing Houston. We're leading four to three in the seventh inning. They got the they got the base loaded, nobody out. And they bring him in and, from the bullpen. And the uh, first hitter up was a um, fifth-place hitter. I think he drove in about nine runs a year. And uh, anyway, so they were a. So Couple of pitches and throws a screwball and takes a big swing and hits it right off the end of the bat, and it plugs right in front of home plate, spinning like a top, embedded. <laughs> and Jerry Grody's picks pitches it up, steps back on home, and then throws the first, double play. <clears throat> <The> next guy <laughs> up, screwball swinging a miss, screwball swinging a miss. and the guy leans over and throwing a screwball, you know. He throws one inside, fastball, he jumps out of the way, strike three. Then he comes in, slapping his leg, let's go, with we'll the rally, One want to sit down by me, and here comes Sheriff. Is that that pitch? Yep, I thought I told you not to use that. Sheriff wasn't looking at one of the best jobs ever, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't watching the same game. He said, I thought I told you to shove that, you know, and he, he said, Sheriff, I tried it your way and I was about to get released from baseball. I decided I'd at least give it a try. And uh, he said, Sheriff said, Well, all right, kids, you'll see. Well, a month later, they they got rid of Sheriff as a pitching coach and Doug McGill had a great career. <laughs> <laughs> this screwball really is a lost
1: art, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. When you, you can throw it, you don't have. Oh, a great old Yankee pitcher showed me how to throw it one time. The way well, you grip it, you twist it in your fingers, and you flip it, and it comes out the screwball. You can make it tail that way, and you don't have to crank your arm, and so it reverse causing the elbow trouble. My Little Secret, Man tongue. <laughs>
1: That's a great story.
2: A lot of these stories are in my book, uh, you know, right down the middle. Came out a couple of years ago, and... Uh, it's a lot a tell lot a lot of stories like this, right? You're going to get a kick out of
0: that. Yeah, we'll definitely, we'll, we will uh, make mention of it uh, where you can yeah. get it. And we will also put all the links in the show notes and we'll uh, put them out on Twitter yeah, and everything. It's, so got, we can get to it's it.
2: got a five-star rating.
0: That leads me to a question about another book. Uh, your teammates with Jim Bouton and his book, uh, Ball Four, is very famous. Did you have any thoughts on that book, especially when it came out? It, it really kind of ruffled a lot of feathers
2: it was kind of one of the first books where they, you know, they told dirt about, you know, they kind of told it, told the uh, stuff you don't talk about, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he said he was trying to give like the, a balanced viewpoint about a player or a person, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, both <laughs> <Well, laughs> well, sides about a yeah. player. And, uh, he got a little too revealing and the, uh, and his author, uh, he was he was kind of a very critical author. He took a lot of liberty with uh, you know with Jim, and Jim made the wrong uh, decision anyway. He really was uh, kind of banned by the Yankees. They didn't you know like him back the stuff he said about Mickey and some guys, and you know it was a lot of dirt that uh, sold a lot of books, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it hurt. It hurt his reputation. He was a, he was a, he was a real good pitcher. He asked me uh, one one time. Um, Pitched pretty good in minor leagues, and he he, he brought in spring training and a couple of times, and he would never make the ball club. And one day he come out to me in right field, spring training, and said, "What do I have to do to become a big league pitcher?" <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't that tall, and he he tried side throwing, side arm to guys, and. He had a knuckleball and he had all these uh, different pitches. Thought so that would impress the pitchers or the pitching coach or the coaches. I told him, get, forget sidearm. If you're six foot five or something, you'd intimidate a batter. So forget the sidearm. I said, you got a real good overhead curve, big breaking curve. I said, throw so your knuckleball when you get ahead of the hitters. They don't swing at it when, the, you know, when they got you behind on a count. So anyway, he went right to work, and they made the ball club. He was seven and seven that first year, and then Johnny Sain taught him a slur, and he and he had a well, he had a couple of great years, and then he hurt his arm, and uh, mm. and he, it was uh, it was never the same, but he was a great pitcher there for a couple of years, and pitched great in the World Series against St. Louis, but he uh, he made a big mistake there with the author and uh, telling. little too much, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it can cause divorces and a lot of problems, you know, images. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Mr. Terry, uh, we really appreciate you coming on and and talking with us. This was, uh, this was so great hearing, uh, hearing you tell about the, you know, your, your world series games and, and these stories are absolutely outstanding. And uh, we really appreciate you spending some time with us.
2: Yeah. Well, I, you know, also, I, I always like to say that, uh, that uh, Roger Maris should be in the Hall of Fame. I, you know, if he's not in the Hall of Fame, he's a two time most valuable player, broke Cruz record, held him for 37 years, and uh, played all those five pennant winners in a row. When we got him, we won five in a row. Mm-hmm. Great fielder, great right fielder, fast, good base runner. He could do it all. And uh, somebody said, Yeah, but he only hit 270 or something. You know, he, I said, uh, Do you realize? I said, it takes three singles to score a run unless you steal a base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, yeah, it's a sad deal that he was left out of the Hall of Fame. He got in a feud with the writers, and uh, and he wouldn't wouldn't uh, give them any print print interviews, as he was really on TV. But the writers are the ones that they voted you out, they inter out, you know, and they left him out. And they went to they had an overlook committees three American League three National League players. Well, they deadlocked. You know, it was like Democrats and Republicans. They guy one guy would be a National League, they'd be three, four, and three against America American League, is three, four, and three against. They deadlocked. They never got anybody in. So they had, they put in umpires and general managers and people like that. And Roger Maris is not in the Hall of Fame. A lot of people don't know that. They don't realize that. They, what? He's on the Hall of Fame? What a great player. Look at the play he made in the World Series, cutting off major, drive right field, hitting the cutoff man. Yep. That oh,
0: Kept that kept that kept kept the Lou on third. It yeah. was, was a huge play. We will uh, make sure to uh, put links in the show notes to where the, anybody can buy your book right down the
2: middle. Right down the middle. It was the first pitch. Uh, when I pitched in Fenway, I'm warming up. And I'm bouncing the ball. I was nervous. I never felt that way in my life. And I couldn't look up the fans. They had the biggest crowd they'd had since the 48 playoff game. And I'm bouncing up there. I get in the game, and Billy Goodman's the first hitter, a good left-hand hitter. And Yogi puts down one finger for a fastball and holds it right in the middle of the plate. And I said, This guy's a good hitter. I should be throwing him a curve or something, you know? And Yogi's, no, come on, give me a. The- and I threw it, and it just split the heart of the plate right down the middle. <laughs> and I was strike one. And then it was like the opening kickoff. I was ready to jitter. I was okay. I was in the game. It was the weirdest feeling. Hmm. And I was telling this story to John Woolley, the author who wrote the book. He said, that's it. We are looking for what we're going to call it. He said, that's it. That's the title right down the middle. That's it. That
0: I guess I've got I've got one more question. You have a good Yogi story from uh, anything? Did he, I I know he was pretty serious when he was playing. Did he ever come out to the mound and uh, <laughs> ever try to, to lighten the the mood out there on the mound or anything?
2: Oh, Yogi it was a lot of fun. we were we were talking about a switch hitter one time. I said, "Yeah, hey, switch hitter. He got he's got a pretty good bat." Yeah, Yogi said. Yeah, he's amphibious.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of Mark's favorite stories right there.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, Yogi was, Well, Yogi, one time, uh, Casey used to take me out early. You know, I'd get in a jam, have a lead, and nothing serious, and come out the mound, I said, I'll get this guy, and I'm okay, you know. Well, he'd take me right out. And Yogi, one day, said, would you like to stay in these games a little longer? I said, yeah. He said, well, when the old man comes out to the mound, he says... Uh, you know, don't open a conversation. He'll take you out every time. You know, because he, that old manager been, had pitchers talk him into leaving them in there. He turn around, and sit down. No sooner, boom, he got hit one. He's got to go back out and take him out. It's embarrassing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so one day uh, we're playing in Detroit, and I got a little jam. You know, nothing serious. You know, I got a three-run lead, and he comes out, the man, and I don't say nothing. And Joey you know, comes out there, and the infields come over and, and scratch around. Nobody said a word, you know, and the umpire comes out. Well, what's it going to be, Casey? He said, uh, uh, how do you feel? Oh, I feel fine, I feel fine. He said, okay, Curtis, S.O.B., you know. And <laughs> he, he goes back <laughs> and said, yeah you're yogi <laughs> doing real well. <laughs> A silent standoff out there. Nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. We really had a great time talking with you and uh, yeah, we just really appreciate you coming on with us.
2: Okay guys. Uh, tell me anytime. All right. So we want to
0: thank once again, Ralph Terry, like seriously thank, cause that was just, we had such a great time getting to, to talk with him and just to listen to him and to have somebody that sat and talked pitching with Cy freaking young for an entire game on a bench is awesome.
1: Yeah. That that when he said, Oh yeah, Cy Young and we talked we just talked pitching and oh yeah, Ty Cobb was there, and I'm just like, excuse me.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ty Wheat. Cobb was there? Yes. I mean to get to hear those two guys. I mean just to to see either of you know any of those three guys would have been like the highlight of my life but he sat there and talked to me, so that was just incredible so again really cool you can get ralph terry's book uh, right down the middle you can find it in several places uh mainly amazon's probably the easiest way i will put that again we got a lot of books in the show notes this week but please look in the show notes if you want to order it a lot of these stories are there plus a lot of stories that we didn't even get around to so it's a great book he's a really great storyteller and he's got a lot of great great stuff in there so
1: his memory too is unbelievable he was rattling off what he pitched to different guys yeah he's like like, that was 60 uh, years ago so
0: i started him off with the fastball in and away then i came in with the (laughs) screwball and you know i remember that two years ago i'd faced him and he'd gotten a hit uh you know with when i'd thrown him a change up on the outside corner and so i wanted to come i mean it's incredible (laughs) It's incredible. Yeah,
1: if I have half that memory at his age, I'm going to be a happy man.
0: I don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, and and he's rattling <laughs> yeah. off an entire game from the '60s. It's just great, good yeah. stuff. It but was incredible. That was that was a real highlight for us. So I hope everybody else enjoyed it as much as we did. But Mark, something else that uh, people tend to enjoy is something a segment here that we have that we like to call, and so we do, Wax Pack Heroes. You pull the wax back. Stars and stars. All right, Mark, we are changing it up this week. We're going to do something somewhere a little bit different. Here. Yeah, somewhere. I heard a rumor. I got a lot of new cards, a lot of new packs. Now, the thing is, though, with these packs, is they're not all 1992 or older. Some of them are a little bit uh, newer which is good because we're starting to get a lot of the same players over and over again. But uh, also some of these sets are not in Beckett. So I pulled a, uh, I pulled a couple of packs today that are from 1992 but are not in Beckett. Uh, I've got uh, two packs of 1992 Series 1 Leaf cards here. So wow. I thought what we would do is, since we don't have a price for them, is I thought we would just go by each player and we'd pull up their War for this season for 1992 okay. and we'll okay. use that the rest of the rules still apply you get if you're hall of famer you get an extra five points if you are sporting a mustache you get an extra point if it is a hall of fame type mustache you get an extra two points if you are wearing real stirrups that we can see you get an extra point if you're wearing two and ones that's worth a minus one uh, win in real life so that's minus one yeah. war Right there.
1: Not fans. Not no. fans of the two and <laughs> ones.
0: If you are wearing glasses of any sort, that's going to win you one game at least a year over over an average player. Right there. <laughs> okay. This is science, folks. This is. I'm yes. not just making this up.
1: No, I know, I know man. Yeah. I, I I saw you pouring <laughs> over some science books.
0: I had the calculator going, and there were like Bunsen burners and stuff going. I was really <laughs> sciencing. Did you have the thing? That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, the lightning between the two things. All yeah, that, was that was going good. on to prove this. Also, if you are wearing a sweatband that has a caricature of yourself or or McDonald's logo or or your jersey <laughs> number, the McDonald's logo happened last week. It's a new thing. That's all going to get you an extra win as well. If you are wearing high tops uh, with your pants pulled up, though, that's a minus one. And if your pants are pulled up with high tops and you got two in ones, that's a minus two because it really brings the, the team down and loses two games for you. So That's Mark, right. you're running away with this thing right now. You are up seven games to three.
1: Yeah, this might be your your way to get back in it though. This yeah. might just be your specialty.
0: It might be because we're we're relying on these guys being good players versus people wanting to pay X amount for their cards. So right. I've got two packs here and this is good. These are these are uh these are not cello, they're silver. Uh, I forget what these are called, but you can't open these. There's are no wax involved. So yeah, so we're gonna have actual cards. Yeah, we're not gonna get pieces of a set. They're not gonna go <laughs> numerically like we've had happen before. Uh, but I'm gonna let you choose left or right. I'm just gonna tell you right now, I'm not going to switch the packs. So uh, okay. left or right, which one would you like? I would
1: like the right.
0: All right, I'm gonna have you go first and uh, okay. let's just jump into this and see see how this goes. I don't have any idea what these cards look like either, so uh, I'm kind of interested. The, the, oh, the backs look nice. I'm going to tell you that right now. All right. Your first card is going to score you some... And by the way, we are using baseball reference uh, for for the for the war. We're not going to use fan graphs. We're using Bwar if you want to play along with us. But um, your first card is going to score you some money just from a mustache and real stirrups. It's pitcher for the Twins, Rick Aguilera.
1: Rick Aguilera, good
0: pitcher, solid. He has got that grood looking beard, full beard and, and mustache. Not a two-center, but it's a good beard. He's got real stirrups on there as well. Let's just quickly go ahead. So we're looking at the 1992 season. So his war is 0.6. So that essentially equals like six cents. So, okay. you know, our, our, our end totals might be kind of similar. Right now we've got some, some things. So that's six cents, and then you're going to get an extra two for the stirrups and the beard. So that that'll, that'll give nice. you the 8 cents right off the bat. So that's that's not a bad way to start. But uh, Rick Aguilera on 2 of those uh, Minnesota Twins World Series teams. That's right. Okay, next. Now, we've had this guy before and we've talked about that we like him. He's a middle infielder, uh, really a second baseman. All I ever say about him and you know who I'm talking about is he he wore his Phillies uniform really well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes, he looked good in it. That would be Juan Samwell. And the Jerry Curl and everything. It just it was all together. Yeah, he he had he had it going on. Uh so Juan Samuel in uh, nineteen ninety-two, he had a war of and this was not really the end of his career, but it was getting there. Uh his war was uh, minus two, 02 mi- minus point two. So <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> and we are for batters, we are just going offensive war. Uh, I think Fangrass just does war, but we're doing offensive war for, for batters and uh, and just war for pitchers. But uh, you are going to get, well, actually, you're going to come out even because he's got real stirrups and he's got a mustache. So okay, that's, that's good for you. Next shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates, it is Jay Bell. Jay Bell actually was
1: a pretty slick shortstop, pretty good fielder, and I can't remember if he was a good hitter or not.
0: He did win a gold glove. Uh he won a gold glove in 1993. Uh career yeah, he was good there. Yeah, career batting average 265, his on base was 343. He hit double digits in home runs. He played for 18 years, hit double digits in home runs for about nine mm-hmm. of them. So, not bad. Let's see. 1992, J Bell's war. Oh, you're going to like this was 3.3. Ooh yeah. So, we're going to equate 3.3 to 33 cents. So, yes, that'll bring you up to 41 cents. But I do have bad news for you. He is sporting two and ones, but oh, good news for you. He's got those awesome flip down sunglasses.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just to play all the rules.
0: To yeah. this guy, right? <laughs> he's got just about everything. All right. So that'll bring you up to 41 cents. Next future manager of the Chicago White Sox. Here he is playing for the White Sox. The guy that swears like a sailor. It's Ozzie Guillen.
1: Yeah, so Ozzie again, again, slick fielding, shortstop, he had a decent bat too. Um Ozzy was you know, people know him as that crazy manager now, but he was a he was a fantastic ball player.
0: Yeah, I remember him. He was more definitely more defense oriented. He was the rookie of the year in nineteen eighty five. I didn't know that. Okay. But uh, let's take a look at nineteen ninety two, where he had a minus point one. <clears throat> but he's got a mustache, so you're gonna oh, you're gonna, you're gonna stay in there. Rookie of the Year, also Manager of the Year. One of the few guys that that did that. Frank Robinson, one of the guys that did that as well. Frank Robinson then, also MVP though. Uh, Next pitcher for the Mariners. I know you'll have memories of this guy, Rich DeLuca.
1: (laughs) Rich, you know, I don't want to say anything too harsh, but um, it just seemed like every time that dude came in, two runs would score. I mean, we used to call him two runs. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) but you know,
0: it's probably not as bad as I remember.
1: I just remember being angry at times where he came in and did not pitch well. So maybe I'm just biased.
0: Now, if we're going by, by straight up ERA, which, you know, we, we know definitely has its weaknesses. Now, Uh, his first four years that he played in sale were not good. Then he went on to Cincinnati. Well, he went on to a whole bunch of other teams and wasn't that bad.
1: Yeah, once he left Seattle.
0: Yeah, but in 1992, he was on Seattle. So we, we've we got to go by that. And uh, he had a minus 0.4 war there. Yeah. So that's going to minus. That doesn't shock me. Yeah, so you're going to lose four cents there. He does, uh, oh, you're going to lose more than that. You're going to lose five because he's wearing two and ones. But, no, Rich Delucia is still <laughs> still angering me. He's got a mustache though. So,
1: <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I will hold, withhold my pure anger and hatred.
0: All right, so he has a mustache. Takes you down to 37 cents. Next, we've got left-handed pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Steve Wilson. Mm, no clue. I remember him just uh, through fantasy baseball. Uh, not Oh, sure. That that's about it. Had a 6-year career. Uh, not much to not much to mention there in 1992 though his war was minus one and you're not going to get any oh. anything else so I, there's Ouch. a lot more movement using the scoring system I'm not hating it I'm not gonna lie yeah but yeah. Uh, all right next uh f- this guy was on my list in terms of names that I could string together uh, of players but uh, you're gonna get some some various points for this it is here with the St Louis Cardinals Felix Jose
1: An old buddy of mine. Yep. Uh, When he was in Tacoma, he he must have signed 150 cards for me over the course of the year.
0: (laughs) Do you have any of those (laughs) left? I would love to have a Felix Jose autograph.
1: Um, I probably do. Yeah. I just got to find it. All right. Well, I had a whole whole folder binder full of just Felix Jose autographs.
0: (laughs) Well, you're going to like Felix here. In 1992 for the Cardinals, he had a 2.6 war. Yeah! Wow! Go, Felix! Now, what I hate to tell you here, though, is he has got some high tops on, and he's got some two oh, and no. ones on, which is oh, it's, it's a terrible, it's a cursed, cursed look. So no. that's going to bring that down to two point four or twenty four, as we say, as we as we like to say here. So that'll bring you to fifty cents. But that I mean that's a good card for you there, which would probably not be worth anything if we were doing the the Beckett scoring. So interesting, probably not. <laughs> Okay, next we've got a uh, shortstop for the Kansas City Royals, Dave Howard. Dave Howard, not Buddy Biancolana? Not Buddy Biancolana, but Dave Howard. There's only one Dave Howard in baseball reference, and he retired in 1915.
1: <clears> hmm, <throat> that's interesting.
0: So I don't have any stats for Dave Howard. Uh, he did play the year before. Up, oh, He played 94 games. Uh, for the Royals. So I don't have anything I can give you on this one uh, from baseball reference. I'm going to give you uh one war or a point 0.1 war because he's wearing real stirrups. Okay. But uh, Fair enough. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure you're missing out there. Uh, next, we've got pitcher for the Padres, Greg Harris.
1: Oh, uh, Greg Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How was he? Was he a starter? Uh,
0: let's see here. Uh, Greg Harris was indeed a starter. You are correct.
1: Yeah, I I, I just I kind of have a memory of him being a, a pretty decent pitcher, starting pitcher. Well, uh,
0: 1992, he was a little bit below average, a minus uh, .5 or. Thanks. Uh, and nothing that's gonna gonna help you out there. So that'll bump you back down to forty six cents. Next, oh, this one might this one I think might help you out a good deal here. Uh, first baseman for the Oakland Athletics, it is Mark McGuire.
1: Yeah, I heard of that guy. Yeah, you've heard. If him? I remember correctly, he's got
0: a pretty good war. Well, let's see. I, I'm trying to remember. In 1992, what he did was he hurt this year. Nope, he was not hurt this year. Uh, let's see. 1992. Mark Maguire had a 6.0 war. <laughs> wow. So that's a 60 cent card right there. Wow. Which will bring you up to a dollar or 1.06 war. <laughs> <laughs> but now you're lucky here because you don't see his feet because he always wore two-in-one stirrups. Oh I su- I think it's odd that you knew that. But oh, he and Kanseka, he and Kinseka always wore those. Yeah. All right. That's too bad. Uh next we have got uh oh this is a good looking card. It's Harold Reynolds for the Seattle oh, Mariners. Was
1: loves- Harold Reynolds, man. And now he's uh with MLB Network, I believe.
0: He is. Now this is a very interesting card because he is looks like he's just stolen second base. His helmet is flying off. He's grabbing it. He's wearing his hat underneath it, which is a good look. And it looks like the second baseman for the Yankees might have hurt himself trying to cover the bank. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. But um, let's see. In 1992, Harold Reynolds had a war of 1.2. So that's Okay, bail. I'll take that. Yeah. Now, uh, Harold Reynolds also has a mustache as usual. Harold Reynolds yes. also has a sweatband with his number on it. Please. So that's an extra two cents. So that, uh, we keep saying cents. That we're not really working in cents anymore. Extra two-tenths, whatever. You're at 120 now. <laughs> 1.2. <laughs> We've really got to get these uh, numbers sorted out. Okay, now this has happened. now we mentioned that they could, these packs could not have been opened before. But uh, what I hate to tell you is the next three cards, the three cards you've already had in this pack, <laughs> Oh, what? Your next card is Ozzy Gian. Yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head what he was valued at. So let's look again. I think here.
1: it was 17.0.
0: Uh, he had a minus 0.1, but he's got the mustache. So you, that was you close. even out on that one. Uh, next is your buddy <laughs> Rich DeLucia, who I don't think helped you out a whole lot. He had a minus 0.4 but he had a mustache, but then he had the... Okay, so that's just a minus four because he had the two and ones, too. So that bumps you down to 1.16. And then, of course, you had Steve Wilson again, who (laughs) I don't think helped you out either. Not either time. Steve Wilson had a minus 0.1. So you're back down to 1.15 with one card left to go. And it is somebody... I believe we've mentioned him before. Uh, Jeez, who was it? It was... uh, we had it might have been dawn August, or it might have been no. I think it was. Uh, I think it might have been our very f- first actual player guest, Sean Lowe. I think he got called up because this guy got hurt, Todd Stottlemyre.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the Stottlemyres all have uh, pretty decent
0: throwing arms, I think. Yes, and and they're all pretty good coaches too.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a definite baseball family with a lot of talent.
0: Yeah. So in 1992, however, well, uh, a, a war of point 0.1, but he is wearing so two and ones, so that equals 0.2. But uh, so looking at this in terms of our old scoring system, you scored a dollar and fifteen cents, which is an outstanding score. So, yeah, I, I, that's my war for this year. Yeah, one point. <laughs> You, your hosting war is 1.15 right. greater than just anybody I went and pulled off the street.
1: That's right, exactly.
0: All right, I'm proud. So let's see what uh, let's see what I got again. The cards are really nice, there's, there's good full pictures on the back, easy to read. I'm a fan of this set, I'm not gonna lie. All right, well, I'm starting off very strong because I'm starting off with the Hall of Famer. Ugh. I'm starting off with a Hall of Famer that if he had not hit a home run with a bat that had a lot of pine tar on it, might have been known for something that happened uh, behind him in his pants at one point. <laughs> it, it is the hemorrhoid guy. <laughs> Hall of Famer, George Brett.
1: I know he had uh, was famous for some pretty nasty hemorrhoids, and I, I never had those. All I did was play Asteroids, and it was nothing like it, I don't think.
0: You'll be here all week, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> so, uh... No, uh, nothing going on with the picture from George Brett. This was his second to last season. Still had a war of 0.7. So that's, yeah, that's seven cents for me. He is a hall of famer as well. So that's a 13. Uh, And we're just going to stick with cent card. So there we go. Pitcher for the Giants, John Burkett.
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, not sure.
0: He actually had a long career, 15 years in the major leagues. Wow, and 1993 led the league in wins with 22. Wow, I should know this. Yeah, and that's, oh, that's 1993. I'm sorry, I might have said 92. Uh, in 92, he came up with a war of 2.6. Wow. So th- I will take that all day. That uh, brings me up to 39 cents after two cards. I'm down with nice. that. Wow. Next, uh, might have another big one here. Pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, Tom Hankey. Oh, there you go. He could have a good war for sure. Yeah, we've talked about him quite Solid a bit. Solid closer. Yeah. All right. So, Tom Hankey in uh, 1992, let's take a look at his uh, stats. He had 34 saves. And in uh, 92, he had a war of 1.2. And that's all I'm going to get. Not bad. But that's in, not bad. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. That brings me up to 51 cents. Next, we've got a horizontal card of Mike Devereaux, who we're going to call Devo, because if you have a DEV in your last name, you're going to get the nickname Devo. Mike Devereaux. <laughs> yeah, here, with the, uh, here he is with the Orioles. He came up with the Dodgers, I believe. You are correct. He came up with the Dodgers, then he spent seven years with Baltimore, and then he kicked around with the White Sox, Braves, Rangers, and then ended with the uh, ended with the Dodgers as well. In mm. wow, in uh, 1992, he had a very good year. Though he uh, ended up seventh in the MVP voting and had a 3.8 WAR.
1: Wow, good for him, and that's also good for you. Unfortunately,
0: yeah. So that'll bring me up to 89 cents.
1: 3.8, jeez.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a heck of a season. Take that all day. Next pitcher mm. for the Chicago White Sox, Alex Fernandez.
1: Oh I remember him. Um, he was a big prospect yeah he was and I think he pitched yeah, for I, a while yeah I, I collected his cards and when uh, he came through with one of the teams in the PCL and I had him sign like a dozen cards and then I couldn't figure out where I put them so there's still more in my parents' house.
0: <laughs> well he didn't have a great season in' 92 but it was good enough for a .4 war hmm. and he is wearing real stirrups so that'll get me that'll give me five cents to bring me up to 94 cents. Next, we've got, oh, boy, the, I, he looks so weird in a pirate's uniform. Here he is, third baseman Steve Bouchel.
1: Steve Bouchel in a pirate's uniform? I don't remember that.
0: I I, I vaguely remember it, but I, I always he a think. Ranger, was, I mean. Yeah, Steve Bouchel is a ranger. He was on the Rangers for eight years. Uh, let's see. In 1992, he ended up with a war of 0.7, so I'll take that. Uh, nothing else going on on this, uh, this card that's going to get me anything, but that'll get me seven cents. It brings me up to a dollar and one cent, so I am closing in with about half of my pack left. Well, Next, we got a picture. I love it when it's a California Angels logo. It is mm-hmm. reliever Mark Icorn. I
1: don't remember Mark Eichhorn. Um, was he with the Blue Jays at one point?
0: I believe he was. He pitched for like fourteen, well, eleven years. I lied. He came up with Toronto, and then okay. spent a couple of years with California. Then went back to Toronto, and then had a year in Baltimore before finishing up again with California. So, huh. uh, nineteen ninety-two. Yeah. His WAR was one point three. I'll take that. What? Oh, jeez. So that brings me up to one fourteen. I can I can feel my first. Win in a long time. He was on two can, World Series winning teams, as well.
1: Wow! Which is I can uh, I can sense you creeping up behind me.
0: Well, let's it's see. You giving me the chills. Yeah, I'm at 114. You had 115 for your total, so I'm I'm I feel confident here. Uh, yeah, we've, we've discussed this guy during BP and his odd uh, baseball reference page referencing a foot. Here it is: outfielder, right fielder for the Reds, Paul O'Neill.
1: Paul O'Neill, who never took. A truly called strike in his career. Mm. If he took a pitch and it was called a strike, he argued it.
0: He he did that, and I just called up his his page, and here it says kicks left. <laughs> uh, so Paul O'Neill generally had some good wars. Nineteen ninety two, a little bit off, only 0. .9. and nothing mm. on this card that's going to get me get me any extra value. But uh, Paul O'Neill on five World Series winning teams, the Warrior. Wow, he's got a, he's got a that's ring amazing. for each finger.
1: Yeah, that's impressive. He's a great ball player. He just, you know, he just uh, he had a temper. didn't always agree with the umpires.
0: Yeah, he had a temper. Next yeah. catcher for the Chicago White Sox, Carco, Ron Karkovice.
1: Ron Karkovice, one of the best throwing arms I've ever seen from a catcher.
0: He is just a catcher. I mean, he looks like a catcher. <laughs> yeah. His nickname is Officer, and I, I'm guessing okay. that's a West Side Story reference. Okay. Because there's Officer You're more the show than me. There's Officer Krupke, <laughs> and this is Karkovice. Oh, so they're similar. Yeah, I see. Huh. Nothing of value on this card, but he had a 1.7 war. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. So that'll bring me up to $1.40. I mean, this is a good pack here for me. Next, we've got starter for the boy. I got some I got a good pitching staff here for the Blue Jays. Left-handed starter for the Blue Jays, Jimmy Key.
1: Jimmy Key, um, absolute legend. That guy, the guy was good every year, and it just, he kept coming back, and he kept coming back, he was just a solid, he, I remember facing him in Stratomatic every year, like a dozen times,
0: because he was always good. So he won two World Series, one with the Blue Jays, and one with the Yankees in 1996. Hmm. 1992, oh boy, a 3.9 war. What? Oh, yeah. Man. 1992, and he went 13-13 and 13 that year. But, what? <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, that is... But I mean, you know, like ERA wins do not equate to a whole lot these days. But that's a, a essentially a thirty nine cent card, which brings me up to one point seven nine. We've got a. I've got some good names here too, because I've got Paul Ossenmacher.
1: Oh, we had a name for him too, but we're a family friendly show.
0: So <laughs> I'm going to guess that has something to do with the first three letters of his last name.
1: We called him Kiss My. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, 1992, uh, not a great year. A minus .1 for Paul Ossenmacher, but he's got a mustache, so that wipes that out and uh, will keep me where I'm at. Next, i got four cards left. Two of them are catchers. Uh, the first one is a uh, catcher for the Royals, Brett Maine. Yeah, I remember Brett Maine. I'm sorry, Brent played Maine. For, yeah, Brent Main played for a little while. Um, for the A's at I mean, one he point. he stuck around. yeah. yeah. Yeah, boy, let's see. He played for a lot of teams. And uh, in 1992 was his third year. He was with the Royals that year. His war was a minus 0.6. Ooh bonus for you. Yeah. I, I'm not too worried at this point, but uh, that'll bring me down to 173. Next, I've got my second Hall of Famer. And this is going to be a big score here. Oh, it's going to oh. be a real big score. It's It's Mr. Padre. Oh boy, Tony Gwynn! I'm going to tell you wow. why this is going to be a big score here in a minute. Before we even get to his uh, get to his WAR in uh, 1992, let's just take a quick look at his stats. He was an All Star that year. Only hit 317. Oh geez, that's that's poor for him. Yeah that that was it was definitely a down year. His WAR for the year was 2.3. That's great. Not bad though. Okay, he has got some real stirrups here. He's got sunglasses. He has got caricatures of himself on his sweatbands and he's a Hall of Famer. Jeez. So just rack him up, man. You're rubbing it in. <laughs> what what the heck? So Hall of Fame is five plus uh one, two, three, four. So that's nine cents plus twenty-three. So that is a thirty-two cent card. Wow. Good job. Yeah. So that brings me up to I don't to- like these new rules. <laughs> <laughs> That brings me up to 205, and I've run away with it. Our last two cards. First one, here he is as a catcher, which is what he came up as for the Brewers, BJ Serhoff.
1: He did. He was uh, one of the lefty catchers, left-handed hitting catchers anyway.
0: Yeah, so BJ Serhoff came up. Let's see. He caught all the way until 1995. He came up in 87, and then... uh, In 95 was the last year listed as any time behind home plate. Uh, In 92, he had a 1.0 war. Uh, He's got a mustache, which is good. He's in his catching gear, so if I could see it, I know he would have real stirrups on, but I can't see it. So that'll just get me 11 cents there to bring me up to 216. And my final card is pitcher for the Cleveland team. It is Dave Otto. Dave
1: Otto, he played for the, he played for Tacoma, okay, and wh- uh, for whatever reason, the manager of, of the then Tacoma Tigers didn't put a DH in the lineup, so he had to hit, and he, he was not happy. He was I remember being very angry about it. So he goes out, guess what he does? Four for four.
0: <laughs> he was so right? mad that he- go <laughs> no lie? He went four for four. Everybody's just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> He's your new DH, Dave that's Otto. Right. Uh, well the manager hey, look like a genius. Dave Otto did not have a good year in 1992 minus 1. 1.5 war. Ooh, ouch yeah but uh, it does not matter. That brings my final total to two dollars and one cent versus your 115 and that will uh, that'll I'll inch closer. I'm now only down seven to four. I don't know. I, I kind of like the scoring because the scores are a little bit higher and, and everybody's yeah. gonna have a score one way or the other for the most part. I don't know. Listeners, let us know. What do you think? Uh, I, uh, I would prefer not to have to buy multiple old Beckets in order to do newer <laughs> cards. Uh, so this was kind of my, uh, kind of my thought as how we would do this, but let us know what you think if this is, uh, if this is going to work or not. And, uh, we'll, we'll, see how it goes from there. there go. Let us start to wrap this show up. We'll start it off by saying thank you to all of our listeners. We really do appreciate it. We've, uh, gotten a lot of, a lot of DMs on social media. I'm really, uh, Excited to to hear from listeners. And if you do want to get a hold of us or follow us, because we post quite a bit, especially on Twitter, you can follow us at Two Strike Noise. That is at T W O Strike Noise. That is both on Twitter and Instagram. Mark, we're also starting to post these podcasts without video on YouTube, in case apparently people get their podcasts on YouTube as well. So there as well. And uh, Mark, we also uh, maintain an electronic email. You want to tell them how to use we that? We do.
1: We have electronic mail services and it's not AOL. Can you believe that? Um you can reach us at Two Strike Noise, spell it out. TWO strike noise at gmail.com. Uh,
0: I still have, I think it's still in my prodigy email address. <laughs> my first one. My, I, I, you
1: know I had a Juno.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right folks we're old but uh once again we want to extend our thanks very much to ralph terry that was uh it was really a, I, I hate when people say honor and it's just you know it's kind of uh you throwing it out there but it really was an honor to talk with uh, with him and he had such great time and we really appreciated his time that he gave us and we hope everybody enjoyed those the, the last two episodes with him as well We will be back once again. This is Thanksgiving week. So if you're here in the U.S., have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Hopefully it's a small gathering. Please uh, take care of everybody uh, and stay healthy. And uh, we will see you next week on the next episode of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day.